Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Neil Dukoff. He is the founder of Strategies, Business Coaching for Salons and Spas, and the author of several books, two of which are on my bookshelf right now and my favorites. Uh, No Compromise Leadership was the kick in the ass that I needed when that came out. And Wake Up, I think I have. Um, Wake Up and No Compromise Leadership. And then there's another one, Fast Forward, I believe it is. Um, And there could be more, but Neil will tell you himself. So welcome, Neil. I'm so, so excited to have you here today. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on and that wonderful introduction. <laughs> Thank and you. I don't we want to write t- another book. I don't want to write oh, another book. I don't book. blame you. I don't blame you. It's it's a lot. I mean, my, my book is certainly not a scholarly journal, but it has a lot of passion, probably a lot of grammatical errors, but it came from the feeling, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, when you, when you share what you've learned along the way and you find yourself repeating the same things over and over again, it's like, I think it's time to write this down and call it a book because, you know, to keep saying it again and again and again, when, when the fundamentals don't change, it's, it's better to have it permanently in a book. So although it is a lot of work, thank you for those works of art, because leadership is something that for me as a salon owner, that was the hardest piece that was missing. I found tons of education on how to foil, how to roll a perm, how to, you know, all the technical things. And you were introduced to me through a business workshop. And when I heard you speak and I heard all that's involved with leadership, I almost wanted to run out of the room screaming and say, what the hell did I sign up for? I am in no position to be a leader. But I do believe that there's part of it. Leaders are born in a sense, but also need education and systems to be able to effectively. I think it's a combination. I thought I had enough God-given leadership talent, but that was not the case. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, uh, and thank you for saying that and, and you know, describing where, where you were as a leader. You know, I, I've been at this forever. Um, you know, the, the quick summary is I, I went to beauty school in 1970. I worked for the Glenby Company, which was the big department store chain. And I got trained by John and Susie Chadwick. And they even cut my wife's hair. Uh, John cut my wife's hair. And I went through it and like, oh, I found a hair that he missed. And I was so proud of myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, my first salon in 1973. I usually joke and say, and where were you in 1973? Which I don't like asking anymore. <laughs> and uh, opened a second one in 75 and uh, sold them both uh, 1979, 80. And my passion was business. I mean, I just loved learning and teaching business. And, uh, and, and obviously, you know, we'll get into it, but I had my own take on, you know, what makes a successful salon, spa, med spa, you know, whatever you have these days. And uh and it takes so much more than what people 
realize. Um, you know, Michael Gerber's book, uh, The E-Myth, uh, which, which is a classic. Uh, the whole premise is the uh, when the technician becomes the business owner, it just you, you gotta you gotta look at it a whole different way. You're building you're building something separate. And just because you know how to cut hair, do hair, whatever it is, whatever service you do, doesn't mean you understand the mechanics, the systems, the responsibilities, and the disciplines of running a business. And that's what I get into. And that that's what I love to teach. I love Michael Gerber's line about having an entrepreneurial seizure that, you know, most technicians are the busiest, most profitable in the salon. So you have this bright idea and seizure-like moment of, I can be the boss, I can do this. And then you start doing it and you realize that the further into the leadership ownership position, the further away from the artistic craft part of what we loved in the first place. And we're kind of, we kind of look around and we're going, how did I get here? How did this happen? And you stood on stage and I'll never forget, you said, you know, it's all about systems and you kept using the word systems. And I remember feeling really frustrated because I didn't know how to define this, this elusive system that you were talking about. It almost sounded like a secret boys club that I wasn't in on. I wasn't getting that systems is the overarching thing where you have to have a system. There is no the system. It's have a system. I had no employee handbook. I had no dress code. I had no, you know, anything. It was just like, hey, you're breathing. You have a pulse. You're cute. Come on in. You're, you're kind of the same age as me. We're going to have fun. And then when they come in looking unprofessional or they're late or whatever it is that they do wrong, you're so furious that they did something wrong. But then I go listen to you speak and I'm like, well, of course they did that because I never defined what my dress code was. I never defined what I expected from them. So how would they know that? Of course, they're going to cross boundaries and lines because I never set them up. And that was when I was 22 years old. Now I'm 54 years old. Honestly, I didn't really get it. You had told me, I don't know how many times at the, you know, those programs, but I still didn't get it. I was like, oh, that's for big salons. And I think that's what happens, especially now, Neil, you know how different the industry is with all the solo suites and the chair rental, and there's all these blurred lines. So I think the solopreneur and the smaller boutique salon, which is what I was, I only had myself and another girl when I was going to see you. I'm like, oh, that's for the big businesses, but that's not true. Even if you have one employee or even if it's just you, systems are so important. So I hope somebody listening to this is going to get it sooner than I did by listening to you. Yeah, well, you know, and it, it it's interesting and, and I'm glad you grabbed that from, from that uh, presentation. Um, I'm, I'm going to rephrase what you said. Um, because you're saying you know that you, you didn't have a system, and let let's take system out of it for a second, and say, what's your business model? So um, remember that thing, you know, there's three brick layers, and you ask the first brick layer, you know, what are you doing? And I'm laying bricks, and you ask the next brick layer, what are you doing? And I'm building a wall, and you ask the third one, what are, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm building a cathedral. You know, and it and it's, you know, it you have to understand 
I mean, we all have a vision. You know, I had a vision for strategies when I started it, but over 28 years ago, you, you've had multiple, you know, visions for all the all the things that you've done, you know, and and your new venture, um, which I think is very exciting, and and God bless you for doing it, you know. But it, it's not just having a vision of what you want to build. You got to step back and go, okay. So if I build this. Let me let me kind of get this blueprint down on what is this, you know, can I actually build it? Because if you don't get the foundation right and you start hiring people in, it starts to crumble and it can crumble really quickly. So first thing you need is a business model. And you know, I guess I, I was going to say, you know, you, you know, go to an architect and start looking at plans for the house and, you know, pick the one you want. But that that's kind of like, how big do you want to get? You can always go bigger, but what is it that you want to build? But then you got to start looking at what are all the different pieces, the systems that you need to have in place in order to support and grow and control and create opportunities for yourself as, as the owner, because I'm, you know, it's funny how many owners there are that this, I never should have gotten into this. This is the worst thing, you know, oh, it's just, you know, just someone please make the nightmare end, <laughs> you know, and, and even owners that go, I had enough, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take a suite somewhere and life is going to be good and simple. But what happens is, you know, they're, they're trying to build something and, and they didn't have, they didn't have the model and they didn't have the various systems in place. And I'll, I'll give you so, some really simple examples. Um, we just finished a, a, an online seminar that we do, it's called Elements. And we get into building a handbook and values and you know, communication and, and all kinds of you know, powerful stuff that you need you know, to run a company. And then I love reading what's going on in the chat because there's a whole nother seminar happening in the Absolutely. chat. Absolutely. I you love know, saving it, the chats on my Zoom yeah, calls and going it, back. It, I'm like, Whoa. So I, I, I got three educators and they're all giving this really great stuff. And then in the chat, you go, you know, so how, what do you, you know, do you put them on probation or, or notice, you know, like how many times do they have to be late or call in last minute? And it's like, I know other owners that don't have that problem because they've got the rules, they've got the culture, they've, they've got the accountability, they've got the buy-in where stuff like that doesn't happen. And a real simple example is, you know, we, I have a whole group of coaches that, that work for the company and Daryl Jenkins is our, our lead coach. He does, he's responsible for all the coach training and he also coaches. And Daryl's a Daryl's a systems guy. You know, he, you know, he, you know, here's how it works. This is how it's supposed to work. And do this first and do this second. And you know, that that's how his mind processes. And other coaches go, don't you have like people like oh, the worst people in the world that come all the, the people that complain about no shows? Owners, why do you no show for your coaching call? <laughs> and we already charged your card. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah. but you know, what do you do for no shows or people showing up late? Because we train our coaches if your call starts at this time 
And if the owner's late, it's going to end at the time it's supposed to. That and you, but you've got to you've got to set the stage, set the table. And Daryl has very few owners show up late or cancel last minute um, because he's, he sets the groundwork, and that, that's how we teach our coaches. But that's our culture. We teach our coaches that you be in a quiet place, you be in front of your computer, and you be ready to coach. And you let the client know that that's you. You need them to do the same because if we if we hear that if they're doing dishes, <laughs> we're going to stop the coach call. If if we hear the car start or the or they put the key in it goes ding 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 ding, mm. we're, we're going to end the coach call because we need your undivided attention. But owners need to do the same. You know what what time does work start and why do we need to be there and what and if you're late what what kind of stress does that put on others in the company so systems can be these really simple things but leadership makes it work uh, you didn't have a, you didn't have a handbook and i warn owners that you know i need a handbook and and i remember when i wrote my first handbook you know oh, I'm gonna, oh yeah they can't come in oh i'm going to put Oh yeah, that's never going to happen again. And I'm putting all this stuff in the handbook, and all it, it's words. But the, the the leadership and the coaching, and not not leading with a hammer, that that may have to, you may have to get stronger, more forceful down the line. But you know, you, you have to you have to coach people. But you, you leadership brings the rules, the culture, the systems, the accountability. The um, you know he, he, here's a good one you know like you know how 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 do you get them to sell retail? Oh well, if they if you have a system where they're required to recommend the product before the client leaves the chair, and that recommendation goes to the client or to the front desk for checkout, along with hey the maintenance cycle for what we just did is this, so we need to see you on or about this date. And the system says front desk can't check out a client unless they have that information and don't set your front desk up for failure. And, you know, retail is how many recommendations do you do? Are you asking for the sale at checkout? It's, an, it's a numbers game. The more people you recommend, the more people you ask, the higher your retail sales. You know, but, you know, too many owners get stuck in the, What's a good retail commission to get them to sell? How about that this? Doesn't, that doesn't yeah, incentivize. Yeah, how about I've tried it you all. Know, <laughs> yeah, my 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 crowning glory for my career is the team-based pay system, and it doesn't have retail commission because retail commission says if you don't if they don't retail, you're not going to make any commission, <laughs> and the stylist goes. Oh, thank God. I thought I had to retail. So yep. if I'm not retail. I'm good not making the retail commission. So don't bother me about it. But get, get that system in place and lock it in. And your pre-book's going to go through the roof. Your retail sales is going to go through the roof. You know, and, and it becomes a game. And you know, what's what's you know, we teach scoreboards and you got to have. You got to have a, a, a month scoreboard and every day you got to update the team 
at a huddle, hey, here's where we're at. This is what we need to do. We're out of this stuff. And so-and-so called in sick, has tested positive for COVID, God forbid, and, you know, going to be out for quarantine or whatever. And so fewer people need to do more that, you know, you set, you set up the day with that. But you got to know what the score is and you got to share it with your people and how we're getting there. And sidebar on that, usually I start asking myself the questions of you just enjoy the ride. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, the sidebar on that, you ask a lot of owners, you know, uh, I won't I won't do today because February is well, yeah, do today. So, hey, where, where's where where are we? Where are we on February 24th? Hey, go around and ask your people, where are we in relation to the company goal for February 24th? Because we got four days left. You know, we're going to make it to goal. Or did we already hit goal and we're going to crush it? Or do we have to step it up? And so many owners, you, you, you know, we tell them, go around your salon, spa, whatever, and just say, hey, do you know what the goal for the company is for the month? And if they don't know, let's see, if you don't know, you're the owner, if you don't have a goal for the month and they don't have a goal, what are you shooting for? Do more, when, yesterday, yeah. <laughs> how much, a lot more. You know, it, it, it's not, it's just not that simple. So once you start locking into, you know, the financial disciplines, you know, you have a really good month, what's your, what's your profit and loss statement because that's your readout of how you generated sales and managed your expenses. Did you win, you know, in March when you get your February profit and loss statement, did you win in February? Did you create profit? But you got to plan that too. You got to plan your expenses. You know, you got to, you got to plan your revenue goals, you know, and then while I'm on profit and loss, you got to look at the balance sheet. Do you have more cash at the, at the end of the month than you did at the beginning? Do you have less payables or more? Do you have more debt or less debt? You know, do you have more equity in your business or less equity in your business? And it's it's not hard to learn this stuff. It's discipline. And 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 it's it's embracing that business side of the company and and understanding how do you control it and how do you how do you create opportunity for your people? Because if you can't create opportunity, can I ask myself another question? Sure. <laughs> okay. So what? So you know, why are so many owners afraid of you know suites? Well, if you kept saying build your following, build your following, build your following, build your following, and you're only paid a piece of what you do, whatever the commission rate is, sliding scale, whatever, you know, you're, you're at the, you're, you're a level 82 on the price <laughs> list and whatnot. Um, you know, but if, if, if they, if they climb that ladder and got book solid and their income can't grow anymore, unless they raise their prices or, or twist your arm and go, I need more commission. You know, the company starts to grow around them. You hire new people in, they start getting busy. And it gets to a point where they go, you know, I think I'm just going to rent a suite, <laughs> you know, and, and there's no shortage of, of suites, but I'm going to go rent a suite. I built my following. I'm going to take my following and go. I mean, I, to me, that is the, the, it's the curse of the 
industry where we keep growing people, not creating the structure and the culture to retain them. And, and it all comes down to how many customers does this person have that's loyal to them? So like, if you look at your appointment book, are all the, you got your stylist names at the top and you got all the customers below them, are the customers loyal to the name at the top or are they loyal to the company that they work for? And if they're loyal to the person at the top, you're a ticking time bomb. And, and it doesn't take much to upset a salon because if one person doesn't like working there, we know our, we know, we know our employees. If one person doesn't like it and they got a good mouthpiece, they're, they're, they love company and they're going to share their misery and come work with, you know, let's go over here and let's blow this place up. And it, it, it's, there's a better way to run a company. And, and that's what I love to teach. And that's what I love to talk about. And it's not just you pay them team-based pay and that makes your company better. That's one of the pieces of that system to build your brand, to build your business model. I'll let you ask a question. You're, you're such an easy guest. It's so funny because when I reach out to people for the podcast, they're like, send me your list of questions. Can we meet before? I'm nervous. I'm like, I don't have a list of questions. I love when it's just a natural, authentic conversation. So you make that effortless. I don't even have I'm to think a, I'm about like, I'm like questions. a scratchy. I'm a scratchy sniff. <laughs> I love it. The thing that bothered me most when, when I met you and I heard about the team-based pay, I thought, wow, that is such a great idea because talk about culture building atmosphere, you know, when you work as a team and you're, you're paid as a team, it's amazing. I do think starting out that way would be much easier than converting from commission to that. But the commission model is so outdated and broken in a way that from the very beginning, having a 50-50 split, like I get so enraged when I'm on Facebook forums and I see people Somebody said the other day, <clears throat> I'm at a salon, I get 60%, they get 40%. This doesn't seem fair. Anybody have anything they can suggest? And everybody was on her, her side saying, that's ridiculous, you need more. And I'm like, what business on God's green earth gives the employee more money than the bit? Like you don't have any skin in the game. You don't have any overhead. You have no headaches. You have not, you have, it's like a partnership where you're, you're not part owner, but you get more than the other partner who's running them. But like, where did that come from? Like, it just blows my mind that anyone expects more when well, it's set up that way. It's like overly generous. And I get to your point when they get built up and the ego gets built up and I'm so busy and this salon wouldn't be anything without me. And, you know, all that gets thrown around, but it's like, in the end, if you did leave and start a suite, do you really think that you're going to be not having any expenses? Like it's never going to be hundred percent. How close do you need to be to hundred percent to be able to, to work effectively? And sweet sweets aren't cheap. Mm -mm. You know, it, it's, you know, it, to go back, you know, like what, what you said before, like it, it would be easier starting out. Yeah. It's, it, of course it's easier. start. It's just like every time there's a walkout, and an owner goes, ever since the walkout and I've got a new team in, it's been great. Well, <laughs> you know what? You, because you got rid of what you created, not right. them. It's what you created. You create it. I left. agree. I agree. And now you hire new people in 
And then the, the, the question is, are you rebuilding that same business model in the definition of insanity? Are you expecting a different outcome? But you know, we've been I, we've did, been, it, I did it twice. <laughs> yeah, we we've been we've been converting salons from commission to team-based pay. To, you know, I was doing it before I started strategies. I didn't call it team-based pay at the time. But we've been doing, you know, we're doing pay conversions all the time, small companies, big companies. And you know what the big, the biggest piece to a successful pay conversion is trust. It's trust. If, if you know, but we, we've done pay conversions where the employees, are, I, don't, I don't trust the owner to manage my pay. I, at, least, at least on commission, if I work hard, I know what I'm going to get, but I don't trust the owner. And so we have more work to do with that owner. There's but, other issues than compensation. Yeah, but, but most most, most companies, you know, there's enough trust to, to say, listen, the model's broken. We're not getting, you know, what do you do when you're, when you're just an example, when your book is full and it's our, our prices are so, you know, we go from here to here on, on pricing and there's no more commission to pay, you know, I, I can put in, I'll, how about that? I'll give you 10% more commission, but there's a 15% product charge, right? <laughs> you know? So, but we want to put the money where the performance is. That's why we talk about overall behavior. Who do you want to pay more? Someone that you feed a lot of new customers to and they don't retain them and they don't do the retail recommendations and they don't pre-book or someone that follows the system and they have higher, a high first-time client retention and they have a high pre-book and they do the recommendations and that creates retail sales and, and they, they contribute to the growth of the company and they, 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 they help us play the game. You wanna pay that person better, but it's hard to pay that person better when you're stuck with a commission that defined what they can make and what you can pay them from, from the beginning. Even if you have sliding scales, you're still in the same boat. And then what, what's happening to the economy right now? Don't even want to look at CNN today. But mm, you, know, know. You, know, you know, we have inflation, costs are going up. When will owners raise their freaking prices? You know, and then and then there and there's a way to do that. You have to figure out your cost per hour. It's not a hard font, but you got to figure out your cost per hour, and you got to mark that up just like you mark up retail. But then owners, you know, oh my God, what are the clients? What if the clients don't? Oh, no, you're going to get pushback from the clients, and I want to give the client two years advance notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, how about this? Inflation, costs are up. This is our new pricing. Everyone pays this price starting tomorrow. And you can't charge anyone the old price. So let, let's get the stress done. Let's get over it. But you know, I was just talking to one of, one of our clients the other day, and she put in a price increase on, on hair color to, to, to charge by the, by the, uh, the gram. So if you use more product, this is how much you're And so they should put in a, a price increase on color. The newbies, price increase, no problem. The senior staff member, they fight. Oh my God. 
you know, oh, they, you know, they had a, the relationship with the client. What if the client, maybe I'm not worth it. You know, all that stuff, for God's sakes, charge what you're worth, but not only what you're worth, but what do you need to charge to cover your costs? So that's, that's, that's what I do. That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. That's what we teach. That's what we coach. Well, we are absolutely blessed to have you on board with this new hairstylist ultimate mentorship for all of those reasons. You know, I, I feel like I give such matter of fact, tough love advice and I'm not for everyone. You know, some, some people like a coach that's real timid and will tell them what they want to hear. Um, I say like, you know, I'm like, raise your prices, just say it. Don't put a big poster on the mirror. Don't send them an email or a letter or make a big, don't have a big, you know, uh, balloons in the air and a big, big announcement. It's just, it is what it is. Everything has gone up and it, and it has to happen. And if as an industry as a whole, if we all did it together at the same time, I think people have that false sense of, well, the salon down the street isn't raising theirs and people are going to leave me. If they were going to go to the salon down the street, they would have gone there by now. They're not going to leave you to go down the street for $3. It's not going to happen. And, and if most, it does, like you said, you have, you have bigger issues that, that yeah, needs to. Uh, most clients don't care. Yeah. And, and the ones that do let them make a choice, but you know, you can't, you can't stop your business. Hey, listen, go to the gas pump today. Today, the gas costs more, right? Even though that gas was in the tank yesterday. Isn't it interesting? And I just went to the dermatologist yesterday and same thing that, you know, she said, Oh, we have to take this little thing off. It's not covered by your insurance. She said it so matter matter of fact. She said it's going to be 125 plus this. She named plus plus plus, and I was like, well, I want it off my face, so I'm going to pay whatever she says. I didn't say, well, let me let me call you back. I'm going to go to the guy down the street again. I was in her chair, so it's the same thing. But for some reason, in the hair industry, there's so much fear and and like lack of confidence and the the mindset is so important and that's in this mentorship the very beginning of the mentorship we haven't talked about hair at all it's all mindset because without it nothing else fits you know you could talk to people till you're blue in the face about team-based pay and, and structure and manuals and all that stuff but if they have a story in their head from childhood that they can't shake, nothing you say or do is going to change their mind. So the mind is, is always, so I heard the other day, the most, the most difficult conversation you'll ever have is in your own head every day, because we are our own, the loop in our head sometimes of the doubt and the fears and all the things that get in the way. It's, it's like so powerful to just shift that. Um, I, like I, did, to, I, like, I like to give the little voice in my head a timeout every now and then. The drunk, the drunk monkey. You got to scoot it, scoot it off your shoulder. Um, as far as leadership, one of the most powerful classes that I did was with um, Alejandra, Christopher, and Bonnie. They did the stages presentation on how to be a public speaker. Sure. And I yeah, thought we, I was going to learn. Did you do it? Yeah. I know your friends I, with I, I, brought, I brought them into strategies and they did it with all our coaches. That's awesome. So you'll, you'll remember the piece of you know, the hijack of, and I was so famous for this. I, if you were working with me, I would say, I would have something on my mind that I wanted to share with you. And it was nothing bad. It was just, I needed to chat with you privately. And I would walk in in the beginning of the day and say, Hey, Neil, after your last client, can you run up to my office and pop your head? And I just want to talk to you about something. 
And I thought nothing of it. I just blurted it out, went on with my day. And they had that look like they were going to hurl their lunch up all day long. And I was like, what's going on with Neil? What's, what's, what's with him to like, not even getting that I did that. It, it never even occurred to me that that's what happened. And then I'm like, when they talked about it in that workshop of the, the approach and how you say things and, and the way to present things, I was like, oh my gosh, that changed everything in the way that my salon was run. People were excited to come to my office after that because I would phrase it, hey, Neil, I have great news for you. I want to share it with you in my office after your last client. You know what I mean? Instead of, oh my God, I'm getting fired because they had seen someone else three weeks before when they went to the office, they came out in tears. So you don't realize that. So the the mindset is number one. So num number one um, module in the mentorship is mindset. Number two is communication because without proper communication, there's no success in anything, any relationship, yeah, let me, any, let me, anything. Let me get, this, this is an important piece because I, I know we're running out of time. Owners need to understand what their tolerance level or their, their interpretation of conflict is. And some people have a high tolerance for conflict. You're late. And if you're late again, you're out. You know, and they'll do it in front of everybody, and which, which is not right. And then other people are, oh, my God, they're late. I have to tell them they're late. Oh, they're not going to lie. Oh, it's going to turn into a battle. Oh, no, no, no. oh the hell with it. <laughs> God damn it. They come in late all the time. Oh, no, no, no. You know, there's understanding how to approach someone, um, how to create a safe place to have the conversation. And, you know, I've always taught owners that, you know, if, Find that right time to talk to someone. You know, you don't have to say, I need to talk to you at the end of the day, which is no different than an employee saying, I need to talk to you at the end of the day. Because it does the same out. thing to you, us. You freak exactly. out all day. You know, <laughs> it's never good news when they want it, right? But when you, when, you, when you have to have that fierce conversation with someone, it's, you know, I need your permission to speak freely because... I want to make sure that we can have a conversation where afterwards we can get back to having a lot of fun. So do I have your permission to, to, cause I got to talk about some stuff that I have to talk about and I wish I didn't, but we got to talk about it. And, and then you discuss it, you know, listen, you know, you call out a lot, you, you, you're, you're late, you, you know, you take an hour and a half to do a 45 minute service, you know, whatever, whatever the list is. Um, or your attitude, you know, you, you know, the customers love you, but the rest of the team, oh my God, you know, you're, you're, you're not fun to be around. Whatever those conversations are, that's the leadership responsibility. And you, you've got to make peace. doesn't mean they're going to be easier, but you, you've got to make peace with making, that was, that's why I wrote No Compromise Leadership. You know, it, it's not No Compromise Leadership, you know, my graphic designer, one of the, the versions of the book cover, you know, was a fist. And it's no, no, it's that's not it. Um, no compromise. If it needs to be done, get it done. Create your culture, you know, be engaged with your people, create opportunity for people 
But when someone starts veering off here, your job is to coach them Pull it back, back, yeah. to where, back to where they need to be. <clears throat> and for, you know, compensation wise, the better you coach them, the better they do, the better their performance, your payroll is, it's, it's a line item, the biggest on your profit and loss statement. And, you know, when sales go up and there's room for pay increases, maybe your top person deserves a raise, maybe some newbies deserve a raise. Without question, your front desk staff, guest services, they they deserve a raise, you know, but you can't do the raises if you don't have the financial wherewithal. But you gotta going back to gotta have the fierce conversations. You gotta be okay with it. Doesn't mean it gets easier, but you, you can't see a problem, acknowledge it as a problem, and not address it. And avoid it. There's a lot of avoidance that goes on yeah, for sure. Take, That's great, take, great take, advice. Yeah, take a deep, take a deep breath. You don't have to do it right now, but you can't keep looking at the problem and thinking it's going to get better because what you could have fixed with a conversation and some coaching, you're going to need dynamite if it goes on too long. Then then, then it becomes uncomfortable for everyone. And once it gets that bad you should part company because those, those things are hard to fix. Absolutely. Yeah. Avoidance. You know, sometimes you think, oh, I'll, I'll talk to her another day and then you forget. And then it snowballs. And like you said, it becomes unfixable at some point. So stopping and addressing and, and, it right away. And if you're, and if you're an owner working behind the chair or in the treatment room, and that's where you are most of the time, you're not leading. You, you, you can't run your business in between customers or at night or early in the morning. You, you do, do hair, do some services, you know, get your fix with that. And, but don't, if you're depending on your two hands to earn your pay, all, all you did was you're renting a chair in your own salon and hoping the rest of them pay for the expenses. That's not the way to do it. It's not the way to do it. That's a perfect, perfect way to end our conversation. You could not. I was going to ask myself another question. Yeah, uh, we could we could talk for another four hours, but we're going to um, save it for the mentorship because everyone listening is going to meet you in there, and you have contributed some amazing information, and we are so blessed to have you, you. on board. I can't wait to see. I want to see the tangible results at the end of this year of mentorship to see how many lives that together we're going to change because it's time. Um, for people to understand these things sooner than later, you know, not well, wait for 10 years into their career to find these things out. So hats off to you for, for, for building it and doing it the way you did it, where this is for the industry, you know, all the mentors, you know, as you know, we, we're not paid, we're, we're giving you our stuff and it, and it's to help people and giving people full access, you know, that that's, that's tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on board and thank you for today. So tell people how they can find you when they're interested in learning more from all of your wisdom and your books and your coaching. How can they find Neil Dukoff? Well, go to strategies.com. Um, and when you go to strategies.com, scroll down on the homepage and you can get on our email list. I've been doing a Monday morning wake up for 
14 years, 15, every month, 52 times a year. But all, all the Monday, hundreds of Monday morning wake-ups, if you go to strategy, first sign up for the email list, then go look at the other stuff on our site, look at our seminars, education, online stuff, but then click on the blog and you can search that blog by keyword. Like if you if, if that stuff I was saying about cost per hour and how to properly price services, you know, type in uh, increased prices or price services or cost per hour, you know, type in pay, type in communication, leadership, and it'll bring up all the Monday morning wake-ups. And they're they're quick reads. They're they're you know. 1,000, 1,200 words, but man, you could search a wealth of information in there. Knock yourself out. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Neil, for being here today. And I look forward to working with you in the mentorship. Me too. Take care. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.